Um, uh, recently, well, uh, for a few months now, we went to an Aglo conference, and I had a, uh, an encounter with Jesus. And uh, we were in the worship, and um, I'm going to come around this side of here. We're in the worship, and um, I just suddenly felt Jesus' face, that here. And it was, it was so close that I could, I could feel the warmth. And it was totally three-dimensional. So it wasn't a, a vision. It was a, a, an actual three-dimensional encounter. And um, he took hold of my hands. So they were, they were like this. And we just began to sway together while the, while the worship was on. And I kept on thinking that it, it can't be real, you know, that it was, it was just something I was conjuring up, you know, to get in the moment, so to speak. Um, but he just didn't leave. And, he, and it became so, so close that he was pulling my head onto his shoulder by the, by the back of my neck and just smiling at me and just whispering things to me about how, how he felt about me personally, and how much he loved me. It was so tangible that that I could. It, it was literally like being with, with a in a slow dance, like in a you know I haven't had one of those since I was a teenager <laughs> in the school disco. <laughs> um, so, but it was like that. I could feel his his heartbeat, and he could feel mine. And it hasn't changed me, okay, but it has just made Jesus' presence very solid to me. And when Rachel was talking about, you know, use your imagination to conjure up, you know, it, it isn't a conjuring up, it's a, it, he, he is really there. He is, he is actually really that close to you. Um, and, 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 okay, he revealed that to me, so I had that experience, but I have been able to get there in, in worship since. So I just, I wanted to share that. I felt I should share that with you because it, you know, when Rachel said what she said and, and it, it is, if you want to use my three-dimensional imagery for you to access into worship, then that's, you know, it's not like nicking it, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to come and find you and like, you know, hold on a minute, that's my experience, okay? So see him there, you know, when you're worshipping, see him and, and feel him, he, he's, he's that close to you. Um, anyway... I was quite alarmed when I walked in this morning and I saw lots of uh, people who haven't been here for blamming session one and two. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't matter because God, God is going to, you know, if you get your hearts before God now, he's gonna, you're going to hear what you need to hear for today, even though you may not have heard number one and two. And they are on podcast, so if you listen to today and want to go back and catch up, then I'm sure that will... Uh, I'll be okay. So a brief sort of resume, because today is the, the, the finale, the, the last one of my little series. Um, in, in number one, we looked at, well, I, I was sharing with you how God had brought me to a place where I cried out for freedom. Um, I have secondary cancer that is um, quite advanced, and um, I'd had some treatment that really, really made me struggle and felt despairing. I cried out for freedom from cancer, and God said back to me, you need to park that. You need to park the big issues 
because I'm doing those. You need to do what you can do. And I'm going to show you some areas in your life that you can take action in. The word autopsy was what God used to me. I want you to lay yourself out. I'm going to do an autopsy. You're going to allow me to do that. And I'm going to show you some areas in your life where if you want to receive freedom, you need to get stuck into these and get on with them. Essentially, that required my obedience. So we looked at that, how I had to say, okay. So whatever area of my life he showed me, be that my marriage, be that my relationship with my children, be that my attitude to people, um, whatever that was, it was private and personal to me, and that's what he needed to deal with. And that's what I challenged you all to start from that point. You know, what was it that you could lay out before God that perhaps you remain in control of, that you could hand over to him, and he would show you how to receive your freedom. And it, sh it looks like something. So it requires action. So nothing that he revealed to me, it required spiritual intervention, but I had to actually walk it out, okay? And the discipline of walking it out is where I'm at now. Week two, I really tried to bed down that, in order to walk it out, you need to be getting into the presence of God. It, it's a daily thing because we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we can go for the, the first step, which is that, God, I'm in, a, I'm in a, I don't know what's going on here. I can't live like this anymore. The second step was to do something about all that. And then it needs to become foundation. It needs to become concrete. The Bible says very clearly that we get transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed, because it doesn't happen overnight. It's a lifelong thing. Be progressively changed and mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Because the, ma the mind is the bedrock of attitudes, what we choose to do, don't choose to do and um, what action we take and how we behave. So we need to be transformed in there because it's full of a whole load of rubbish, which is often um, directly opposing to the truth. And the truth is what sets us free. So that was part two, was about getting a bit, a bit deeper with it and allowing God's word to start to really, really change who we are. Today, I asked God if there was anything really that he wanted me to leave on, you know, uh, the note that he wants me to leave this all on, was there anything he wanted me to return to? And this was, this is what I got. It was going into more depth with our time. How do you spend your time? You see, the freedom part, which was step one, get before God, lay out your life, ask him to show you which areas you're still in control of, and you begin to experience freedom. As you get into his word, it begins to be bedded down. But this needs to, this needs to become a, a habit, a habit that we daily spend time with him. We're actually in his presence all day, but a relationship needs time. And he said, he said to me that we need to make the habit of spending time with him. To maintain a position of freedom, we have to get into his presence, and that takes time. 
And that's quite a massive thing, because I'm sure we've all used those phrases. I hardly have time to do this. I hardly have time to do that. I hardly have time to stop and pray. But what you love, you spend your time on. Your time is limited. It's the same for all of us. We have 24 hours in a day. And none of us really know if we have tomorrow. We have today. We have 24 hours today. And part of that day needs to be spent on God. What you love, you spend time with. It, it's really quite simple. And if you race through in your head now and think about what today holds, has there been a slot in there? Not, not in corporate worship. This is part of it. There are many different ways of spending time with God. But if this is the person who died, this is, he sent his son so that we could have salvation. He's given us all we need to know about how to live a transformed life. See, we're all going to heaven. Your salvation's guaranteed. But how you get there is up to you. There's lots of opportunities to go one way or the other. To get that right, we need to get really serious about dedicating time to God in our day. What might fill our time up is probably fairly similar for everybody. For Christians, it's often busyness at church, serving in church, trying to fulfill roles in church. There's our normal work, whatever we do for that. There's other TV, exercise, personal hobbies, socializing outside the family, visiting people who live away, carting children around to activities, cooking, cleaning, social media. So all those things take up our time, and they're not wrong. I'm not saying that those things shouldn't take up our time, because of course we have to eat, we have to see our friends, we have to, you know, we should exercise. So, so none of those things need to stop, but where is the balance in your life? You see, if we were spending time with God and really getting into his presence, allowing his word to transform us, and I mentioned this previously, that we, it would look like something. You would see your life progress and change. There would be areas of your life that perhaps have been difficult for you, that you've been in... You've you haven't really submitted or you've been in bondage there, you'd see those things shift, not necessarily overnight, but you'd be able to look back and say, you know, I used to do that, or I used to do that, and actually I've moved somewhere. So there's a working out that, that, that we should see. I mean, p personally, there was many areas in my life that I didn't see progress in. It wasn't until I really committed myself to spending some time in his presence every day, that I began to see deep change in my attitudes. To live our little lives well, whatever that means, from now to any tomorrows that we have, we need to get in front of the person who can show us how, how much he loves us and what he has particularly called you to do. And I do think that Often we can run around spending that time on things that perhaps weren't really what God was calling you to. Wasting our time, maybe. 
maybe getting caught up in things that weren't his number one purpose. So we, l- we learn about who we are in him, and the more time we spend in his presence, the deeper that reality becomes. It's, it's so important. Uh, do you know, I'd, I, the thing that could be the most gutting for me as a result of this series, that it's just more information. I don't want to just be bringing more information. Uh, I have had a real encounter with God. What I'm sharing with you has been hot off the press. It's been deeply something that's happened, and it started with the freedom call. It started with my desperation. But it's it, it stabilized out into this walk that I have where I'm having three-dimensional experiences with God that I've never had before. Our lives depend on this. How your, how your life rolls out depends on the choices and the attitudes that you largely bring to it. Make it a habit. It, it needs commitment. Almost like, almost like I mean, I, I dieted after I'd had m- my last baby. And I've never really had to diet, I've never really gone into the dieting thing before. But it is, I realize how difficult it is to be that disciplined. You know, to, to decide, well, this is, this is what I want to lose, this is where I'm heading. And to do that every day is an enormous amount of self-control. And I, and I hated it. And there was many days when I just wanted to pack it in and not do it anymore. But I wanted to shift the weight, so that's what I had to do. I didn't want to be a yo-yo dieter, so I set my goal and I persisted in it. Some of those skills have come in enormously handy and apply to anything you want. So, so if you want a deeper experience of Jesus, if you want to see some areas in your life deepening and transforming, then get the habit, get into the habit of spending time with God because his love is how you're going to change. And if, you, if you're in a place where all you can do is go, I don't even know if I want to do that, it doesn't matter. You spend ten, start with 10 minutes and say, God, I don't, I don't even know if I want to spend that long in your presence because it's a bit boring. That's what, that, that, that was what I used to hold. I used to think, oh, God, I used to sit and think about my dinner and you know what the kids might be doing when they came in from school. But, in, but as I diligently stuck it out, you know, he, he, met, he met me. Make it a regular habit. A settled, regular tendency. That's what a habit is. A settled, regular tendency. Something that becomes hard to give up. So we have lots of habits that we'd like to give up. It's kind of almost like a simple shift of the brain. So you move it over and you're right. In order to get rid of some of these bad habits, I'm going to create a good habit. And the one I would suggest that we make sure that we do and have as a a real solid foundation of lives is the habit of spending time in God's presence, private and personal, in all honesty, not trying to run away from things, just going, God, here I am. And just let him show you. I had to give up things to make space for proper time with God. 
I think I waved around my very um, un unexciting, this is my schedule, not very technical. It actually took me a long time to do that. <laughs> because when I sat and looked at my life and wrote out all the things that I did, all the things I wanted to do, all the things I didn't feel I had time for, all the people I saw, all the people I wanted to see, there wasn't 20, that I couldn't fit them into it, I couldn't fit them into the day. I had to cull some things. So to make space, I put God at the top and I put my family next. I, b I, I believe that's what we're called to do. So we have God, we have our family. If you have children, it's children. If it's not, then you, it's the people who you, you would call family. I made space. There's all the things I have to do, my job. So that takes up a big block and I made space for the other things that are important. And some things just had to go. They had to be reduced. It's really difficult. But unless you make a habit out of it, as in, I am going to do this, I am going to do this, you decide, I am going to do this. It looks like something. So for me, it looked like pinning it down to an actual timetable, to actually going. Because if I didn't set a time, it, it, I knew, it, it, like previous times when I've tried to do this, it was going to get swallowed up into... Oh my goodness, it's Wednesday and I still haven't really spent any time with God. So personally, I think you set your mind for action. So I'm going to spend time with God. I mentioned this in a previous week. I, I, this is, I am not just wanting to share something with you that I just think, you know, has made a bit of a difference to me. I really believe, I, I honestly believe that this is from God. I really believe this is a word from God. And with that comes an anointing. The, the anointing is, if this is something you've struggled with, it needs to get sorted. And the anointing for you to achieve it is now. Like the Israelites, and they, were in their promise, they, they were wandering around in the wilderness and they, they got to the, the promised land and most of them didn't, didn't get to go in because they didn't take the anointing when God said, now, go in now, and they and they, they were like, oh, we're scared, you know, and they went wandering off for another forty years. So the so the anointing to make change. Our, our church has been doing a series on identity as well, and it has tied in with all of this. I didn't know that. If you can't, if if you haven't got the hint, you're going to be wandering around in a wilderness for another forty years until the next opportunity comes along, and don't don't be confident about when that might be. Set a faith goal. So you've decided you're going to do this. You're going to get before God with some, and really learn how to, to be close to him. You want that encounter. You want that experience. You set your mind. Set a goal. Decide that by Christmas or by Easter, I'm going to see this working out in action. There's going to be some change. You'll see it. It'll be on my schedule. It'll be there every day. And set your mind not to give up. When it gets hard, and it will, probably after a few days, <laughs> just think, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Because believe me, big change comes. 
for me doing this, is I haven't got time today to go into examples of these things, but this is a rundown of some of the areas of my life that have begun to be transformed. My marriage, I'm closer to Mark under this regime than, than I think I've ever been. It's none of these areas are perfect. Please don't, I'm not gonna give you a run of this and then you just all be thinking, oh my goodness. It, this, is, this is gonna be a process that goes on through my life. My relationship with my kids, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute. My friendships, some of my friendships have, have changed beyond belief. You know, I was a bit of a gossiper. Nobody else does that, do they? Women don't like to gossip. When God really started to challenge my life, we all know it. Don't don't talk about negative about other people. You know what what blessing can you see in them? What blessing can you speak over them? Rather than, I mean, we don't. I, I didn't think it was gossip. I thought it was fixing them. And they needed my help, really. That that has shifted. That has changed completely. And as a result of that, some of my friendships that I honestly didn't really know what I would do with them if I didn't gossip. <laughs> started praying together I didn't have to wham them with that oh by the way God's been talking about gossip and we're not doing it anymore it just lifted as I walked it out and kind of made decisions not to maybe say that thing I was like gagging to say <laughs> I'd be like oh, oh, you know but I didn't say it things began to change Forgiveness comes easier. You're not offended as easily. You're not as hurt by people. Evangelism. N never in all my life would I have dreamt of telling somebody I was a Christian. And now, now because it's so real in my life, that it spills out of me. Because if somebody says, oh, what were you doing this morning? And I'm thinking, well, I could lie. Or I could say, I've been praying and spending time with God. Years ago, I probably would have lied. Just said, oh, I was doing the dishes and, you know, getting the tea ready for the kids. But, but when you really begin to encounter God regularly, you, you evangelize you not out of a decision you've made, but because it just flows out of you. You begin to know how to serve in the right way. So not out of wrong reasons, like just wanting to be noticed or wanting to be accepted by people or wanting to be loved either. You, because, you're, because God is loving on you in your private time, all these other things fall into the right perspective. First of all, it becomes about, you know what, I've spent lo so long being distracted by trying to serve there that I haven't really been serving my husband and my family. Self-esteem, which is the root of most of our issues, are that we're, we're not that secure. But you get the answers to that security by spending time with God and in his word. So you become more confident. So you don't get sucked into gossiping. You don't get things in the wrong perspective. Because you act out of a position of, you know, I am a child of God. If I had no friends and everyone in the whole world was, was offended by me, God, God would still be standing with me.
your thought life. Because as it gets filled with God's word in the time that you're spending with him, your thought life becomes transformed. Attitudes change. And worship becomes a way of life. Because you're not kind of dragging around something else. Worry and fear reduce. Tithing. So being challenged over your money and your generosity. I could go on and on and on and on. But fundamentally, what happens is you begin to be revived. Who you really are in Christ comes up to the surface and you have a revival. And if that is happening to you, your family changes because they they see that change in you and the outworking of that is that that the behaviours around begin to shift too. The fruit of the Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit just become deepened and natural. We have all those, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, because they're all in us. But we often give in to walking in the flesh and our unrenewed minds than walking in the Spirit. It's what you choose to make the habit of. A short example of how this has worked out for me has been the transformation in my relationship with my daughter, Evie. Evie's nine years old. And from when she came into the world, and I imagined <laughs> till when we, d- we leave it, <laughs> she has been a challenge to me. Partly with us, we're similar. But it's a very tempestuous relationship. And over the years, it got harder and harder and harder. I would do the whole, like, tomorrow, I'm not going to shout at TV. And then by 7.30 in the morning, I was chasing around pool tables. It was, it's been very difficult. I've found it very, very hard. And that's in my private life. That's in my home. So every day has been a bit of a war zone until God showed me that in my autopsy, in my cry for freedom, which I thought was about cancer, I wanted freedom from cancer. He said, no, 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 park those things. I want you to look at some of these things. And this was one of them. I was like, I don't really want to look at that. <laughs> it's Evie's the way she is and I'm the way I am. You know, and we'll just muddle. I love her, you know, and I know she loves me. We'll just keep going. When you get serious with God, that's just not good enough. He said, well, I've got more for you than that, Rebecca. You don't, you don't have to have a home life, like with a, with a, with a child in your life that makes, that, that makes you make her feel like that and she makes you feel like that. I spent time with him. So in my time, my focus for, for part of that time was, okay, I don't know what to do about this, but I do know that you, do, you know. And do you know what he showed me? He showed me the problem wasn't Evie. The problem was me. And I'm going to hazard a guess that if you've got a relationship in your life, or I have actually got more than one that caused me problems, just to, re- <laughs> just to reassure you. <laughs> if, you've, if you've got a relationship difficulty and you bring that before God, I think he'll take your eyes off the other person and put it onto you. Because you can't control or change other people. But God can do a work in you which will change your heart. And that's what he did for me.
he showed me that the root of my problem, my problem, Evie is his, Evie is his problem. So Evie, my, God will work in Evie's life. My problem was that I wanted to control her. I was a bit frightened of her. She's this spitball of, you know, it's like living with a machine gunner every day. And my answer to that, out of my past, out of my experience with my mum, was to try and control her. I found that quite hard because initially I was like, well, you know, I'm a parent. You know, I, I, I do know better than Evie, you know, and, 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 and she'd be wise to listen to me. And, but all the time I was kicking off as badly as she was. So, so in my stress to try and control Evie, it caused a very difficult dynamic. And as God began to spend time with me and show me, he began to soften me. He began to show me that he doesn't, he doesn't treat me like that. You know, he loves me. He, he, he directs me when I'm going wrong, and I can choose to obey or not obey, but he loves me. And the answer to Evie wasn't for me to try and control her. It was for me to get beneath her stress. Because that's, that's what we were cre creating each other and be the mature person. But I couldn't do that on my own. I had to bring that daily before God. And, when, and, and this had to look like something. So love looks like something. So he showed me some very practical things which I had to implement. So Evie would come in. And normally, within a few minutes, we'd be fighting. But as I began to change my perspective and accept responsibility that I was, I was the problem in this, in this problem, it's not that Evie, Evie has got problems, but they're not mine to change, right? I basically had to do things. So initially, it was get out of the situation, Rebecca. When it, when it starts to fire, fire up, walk away. That was all I could achieve. And these incidents went on over everything. So from the minute she wakes up, there's a bombardment of, of you know, I don't want to do that, I don't know how, you know, it, and a lot of it is stress and anxiety. God showed me that my first step was to walk away. I've largely achieved that one. The second one was zip your lips. Your words are powerful. And I was getting into such bad battles with Evie that I was became very negative to her. And that negativity in turn was making her worse. And I, I could see that in my head, but until I really brought that to God, I couldn't get a change in my heart. So I began to not say anything. So when she started, I would just go, But that began to have an effect. She carried on shouting at me, but then I had the other tool to walk away. As I went on bringing this to God, because this is, I'm still living this now, so this is, this, you know, I haven't got this wrapped up. He then, he then showed me that, you know, try this one. So we'd be in the middle of an, uh, of an argument, or, or it would be starting, and I would start singing worship songs. <laughs> So, I, so I'd kind of have the moment, because the choice is always there, 
always, I don't know if I'll ever be rid of this issue, but I'm sure I'm seeing some ground covered by behaving like this. So I, so I would start, I'd be like, she'd start and say I'd maybe done the walk away one and I'd done the zip my lips and she's still going. And I'm like, I will sing your praises. That was the, that, that was the one that came into my head. So I've started doing that and I look like a woman unhinged. But, but who cares? Because he, Evie was like, I was like, get in. <laughs> it's working. So that works sometimes. And the big one, the big one, which could only have been achieved by my dedicated time. You see, see, it's not, I mentioned this before, this is not a, a religious thing. As I've seen change in my life come from my time spent with God, I want to spend time with God. Because I want these things in my life to change. I'm not being forced into it. I'm experiencing, you know, close relationships that challenge me change. The big one is that spending time with him, my thought life has become transformed. So I've learned truths that God says about me and about my family. And when I'm in the situation that's challenging, rather than immediately default to the, Oh, you little witch, you're really annoying me. Come here, I'm going to get you. I like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more likely now to say, you know what? I can do this. I can do all things in God who gives me strength. I am unconditionally loved, and I can show that to my daughter. I am not fearful. I am strong. I am powerful. God has got power in me. I've got all the fruits of the Spirit in me, and I... And I mantra those things around in my head so that what comes out of my mouth is out of the word of God. And I've been able to say to Evie, should we just stop and pray? Let's just pray, Evie. Sometimes she just looks at me like I'm completely bonkers and goes, I'm not praying. And I go, well, I'll pray then. So this whole thing, I mean, I'm giving you one example. I could be here for three weeks probably telling you how, how God has transformed me in some of the other areas. But this is what happens. You cry for your freedom. You are honest. You allow God to show you the areas of your life that he, he has more for you in. You dedicate the time and create the habit of getting before him because you know he's got the answers. You get your mind renewed and your behavior and the outworkings will shift. It, it's, it's the truth. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. See, at the bottom of my problem with Evie was actually sin. I wanted to be in control. I thought I was really, you know, I knew how to parent Evie. What God had to show me was, I'm in control. But you need to submit. Submit Evie to me. Submit any area of your life to me. Submit it to me and put me back in the right place. One day, Eva came back from school. So I'd been doing this for about three or four months. She must have been thinking on her way home. She walked in. She walked up to me. You know what, Mum? We don't fight like we used to. That relationship, the direction of that relationship has changed. 
Where might that have ended up if I had not been obedient? I'm not giving myself the credit. I encountered God, but I've responded. He has changed me. He has changed many areas of my life. And this is why it's so important to do it. Unless you're all sitting there with sort, completely sorted lives, which I'm going to hazard a guess isn't true. And even if this just speaks to one or two people here, if you're experiencing circular problems in relationships or in your home life, there's more. There's more. But you have to, you have to do something. You have to do something. The greatest commandment from God is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor, I believe that means the people closest to you, as yourself. We can only really achieve that goal through God. We can't do it on our own. And if you're trying to do that in an area of your life without, without him being king, without him being Lord, and you're just going to exhaust yourself and waste your time. And this is freedom. A life with purpose. Claiming ground. Seeing breakthrough. Not that anyone else has to see it. You've got your time in the right place. In God and then your family. And what's left over, God will show you what to do with that. Achieving extraordinary goals. I never thought, I'd s I just thought me and Evie were set to be like that. It's like she's like that and I'm like this. But it's not, it's not, it's a lie. In God's, in God's presence, I've found the truth and it's given me freedom. And you know what? I can now begin to feel with confidence that when my time is up, and medically, for me, that could be in a couple of years. But it matters not. Because you, can, you start living like this today, and your life takes on purpose. And I'm confident that even if this was my last day, I'm going to stand before the Father, having done the best I could, submitted every area, and allowed him to lead me. And that's the baton that I'm handing you. That's been the experience I've had. And it's changed things about my life that I didn't think would change. And it's so simple. Make time for him. And make that time matter. And you will have your freedom. And that is it.